Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today we're going to continue talking about the David Grush revelations uh, that we've been talking about for the past uh, three, this is day three now. And uh, there's a lot of confusion, it seems, among debunkers and other people with regard to whether Grush actually saw any documentation himself. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, the, the article was pretty clear, I mean, about this. Uh, but even beyond that, Leslie Keen, one of the authors of that article, uh, during an interview that appeared on the Debrief YouTube channel yesterday, uh, made it clear that there are documents uh, that we're not privy to, but that uh, Grush was uh, apparently sh uh, shown, presented as evidence by people, by insiders that are part of the reverse engineering program and crash retrieval program. Uh, but there, I did receive a comment from somebody, uh, Peter Hale on YouTube, and he said, uh, well, did Grush see classified UFO documents with his own eyes, or did he just speak with people about classified documents, secret government programs, etc.? Because the, gov because the debunkers let it appear as if the second scenario was true, making the entire case into nothing but hearsay. No, it's not hearsay. I, I can't imagine a scenario uh, where somebody in this position, uh, David Grush, is just going from different uh, intelligence officials' offices and asking them, hey, J hey, Joe, what do you know? What can you tell me about crash retrievals of extraterrestrial craft? And then somebody sitting back in the chair saying, you know what, uh, there, David, uh, back in 98 or 99, I don't know, somewhere around there we uh i remember we were in washington we got the call something crashed down there near the uh texas mexico border and uh, so we flew down there secured the area uh, there were two i don't know maybe three dead bodies uh aliens uh they took them away and then we uh brought a flatbed in and lifted up the saucer put it on the back of the flatbed threw a tarp over it and uh last i knew it was uh driven into uh Nevada S4 at Area 51. That's all I can tell you. I don't even know what the date was. No, that's that's absurd. That's absurd. No, no. Obviously, these people he was talking to, these insiders, these people who are connected with the program that are working in, in these programs, told, obviously presented him with some sort of information, some documentation that, that, that listed do, uh, dates, locations, things like that. There had to be some documentation he was... Uh, presented with evidence that he was shown by these people that most certainly uh, corroborated what they were telling him. There's just no question about it. But hey, if you don't believe me, you can listen to Leslie Keen, who on that YouTube uh, channel yesterday for the debrief, uh, she talked about this. Uh, listen to this. Obviously, there can never be documents released that are specifically about a specific craft or specific studies done on a craft that reveal anything about locations or pictures, absolutely not, because they're all classified. We know all that data exists, and that's the kind of information he provided to Congress and to the ICIG, the Inspector General, the, the Inspector, you know, the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community. Um, and under oath, by the way, he talked to them. So that information is available, but not to us folks who don't have security clearances. Will it ever come out? We hope it will. And maybe Congress will gradually authorize the release of some of those documents or whoever is in charge of them will authorize that. But at this point, they're all very, very closely held and highly protected. So there you go. Uh, uh, obviously, there's other documents out there that we're not privy to. Now, Grush isn't even talking about all these things that he knows. He's just not talking about them. There's things that are he's saying are classified that he can't talk about. Uh, so... 
uh, I'm assuming that this is what, what those things are. He's talking about evidence that was presented to him that he's not allowed to talk about because it's, you have to have a secure, certain kind of security clearance to be able to know about that stuff. But he's giving you basically an overview of what he can tell us. So uh, obviously he's seen something, right? There had to be documentation that he was presented with. Otherwise, he wouldn't be going through all this, right? He, he, wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't have been receiving retaliation and, and reprisals, right, if, if, if he wasn't onto something, right? There would, th- these things wouldn't have been happening if he, if he didn't see something. And he, apparently, if you listen to Leslie Keene there, apparently these these documents are available to available to certain people within the government with the right clearances uh whether we get that information like leslie Keene said that remains to be seen but as far as i'm concerned it seems like uh for certain that uh he definitely was uh exposed to some documentation along with interviewing these people that are <laughs> working in these programs that believe that the that the whole cover-up is wrong so I think that should answer that question because, yeah, there are people confused. And yes, the people, the naysayers out there, uh, that, that's what they're, they're saying, things like this. Well, there's no evidence. Well, that's because it's all classified. Obviously, Grush has been exposed to some of this classified material. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't be <laughs> on, on TV and, in, and part of a giant article on, in the debrief. Or, and, and, he, and you have all these other people that are, are standing up for him, important people that are uh, attesting to his character. So this guy is not some joker, right? Uh, so yeah, obviously this guy has seen something. There's most certainly the, the impression I got when I read that article, the, the, the original article two days ago was that he obviously had seen something in addition to meeting with these people. They obviously, obviously presented him with some evidence. He's just not going to go in there and just, you know, some guy told me this. And then I walked out the door. I just took some notes, uh, rec- tape recorded his voice. And then, yeah, this is, we'll transcribe it later. No, no, there had to be some other information that he was presented with, you know, in, uh, crash retrieval dates, locations, things like that. Something that, okay, I, I see. Yeah. You're okay. Now I understand. Yeah. That, that's what wants to happen. Obviously. But that's where I'm at with that, with this. So yeah, that's why fr- from the very beginning, it seemed to me that he obviously had to be uh, present it with some sort of documentation in addition to meeting with these people, these uh, insiders, and these insiders who are actually working on the program. So that's that's how I see it. Um, anyway, there's other things that have been going on too. Some <laughs> uh, another thing that happened today, which I think was interesting. There was a uh, it's been go- on Twitter here. There was something that happened. Uh, a report from a French news outlet that had interviewed Grush. And Grush is actually talking about something from 1933 that crashed. And now we don't know. I don't know. There's not enough information on this. I've heard this before, and I haven't really talked about I don't think I've talked about this before uh, on the podcast. But he's talking, he, he told this French interviewer that uh, he was given a clearance to tell this story publicly. And the interviewer asks, here's a little segment of the interview of this uh, interview from French media. It says, can we, the interviewer asked, can we know more about where these ships were recovered? And Grush said, one was recovered in Italy in 1933, which is the earliest case I've been briefed on. I can't talk about the others. And then the interviewer asked, what allegedly happened there? And then Grush said, in 1933, a bell-like craft around 10 meters in size was recovered in Magenta, northern Italy. It was kept by Mussolini's government until 1944 when it was recovered by agents of the Office of Strategic Services, OSS, 
a former U.S. intelligence agency. Ironically, it predates anything the public has heard about for decades, such as Roswell, etc. I was authorized to talk about it by the Department of Defense's Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review. So apparently some information that he was presented with uh, that was shown to him, some evidence talked about something that was recovered in Italy in 1933 and then later uh, recovered by the United States government in 1944 uh, toward the end of the World War II. Uh, what is it? I don't know. It says, it says a bell-like craft. Is it extraterrestrial? He doesn't say. I don't, it's unknown. But this is something that was recovered, one of the earliest recoveries of something that's an, of an un, unknown origin, apparently. Uh, probably was never figured out what it, where it came from or what it is. It sounds uh, similar to some other craft that uh, allegedly crashed. Uh, like in Pennsylvania back in 1965, there was an alleged crash of, a, of some sort of craft in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, and and it seemed like there was a cover up there. A lot of people said it was some sort of a bell-like object that crashed. Uh, some people actually saw uh, hieroglyphic hieroglyphic writing on it, and the, the, the army came in and blocked everyone out from seeing it. Told them to get out of here, and then took the object away. And uh, that's been a mystery for over fifty years now. We still don't know what that was, uh, but of course, some people say it was a satellite uh, from Russia. Who knows? We really don't know. We never really got full answers on Kecksburg. People that were there, some of the witnesses say this was unearthly. What they saw looked like it was, you know, could have been made by extraterrestrials. So who really knows? But that's something that uh, Grush was telling the media in France just uh, recently about this. So that's interesting. Now, what does it mean? Is is that? That that's the only crash he's allowed to talk about. He's not allowed to talk about any of the other things he knows. Uh, just the overall reality that there is a program ongoing and that things are being covered up and kept from elect our elected officials. That's what he's talking about, and that's why he's facing reprisals and things like that because uh, he's been telling people that he that uh, the secret control group doesn't want him to be telling, and now the public knows, and now there's an effort, obviously. Uh, by the government to uh, co continue to cover this up, actually. And I'm going to point something out here. That I, I, another interesting thing that I thought was interesting today was Congressman Mike Turner. He's a, a, a representative from Ohio. Uh, and he, he appeared on Fox News uh, yesterday. And here's what he said yesterday. He says, there's no evidence of this. And certainly regarding the, uh, recovery, the crash retrieval program and the reverse engineering program, he, he says, there's no evidence of this. And certainly it would be quite a conspiracy for this to be able to be maintained, especially at this level. Okay. I find that very interesting. Uh, so you have people now, certain Congress people stepping up and, and going to start saying, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not real. There's no, there's no uh, evidence to this. Uh, no such thing. We'd never be able to uh, maintain a conspiracy at that level. You know, uh, no way. But uh, some people pointed out that, of course, this guy since 2001 has been receiving lots of money over, well over uh, 200,000 or 300,000, close to 300,000 dollars. It looks like here, around 300,000 dollars. From the weapons manufacturers, from the military-industrial complex, he's received $175,250 from Lockheed Martin and $104,000 from Raytheon Technologies. So, uh, you know, those guys, obviously, some of these people are part of the control group, obviously, right? I mean, isn't that what uh, Admiral Thomas Wilson was talking about in those Wilson Davis notes that uh, 
there's a control group uh the uh the he what's his uh wilson wasn't on the bigot list like he wouldn't they wouldn't let him on the list right of the gatekeepers and the gatekeepers apparently were comprised mostly seemingly of some weapons manufacturers some contractors and so he wasn't allowed into that program so here we have now mike Turner coming out, said, oh, that's uh, quite a conspiracy for this to be uh, able to be maintained, uh, especially at this level. Yeah, I'd like to know like what happened when the camera went down, you know, uh, when this interview was over and he was done. Well, uh, listen, fellas, uh, thanks a lot for having me on today. I got to get going. I got to stop by uh, Raytheon and then later Lockheed Martin. I got to pick up uh, my campaign contribution checks. Uh, uh, see you later, fellas. Is that what's going on? You know, of course, I'm making that. I'm making that up. It's just my imagination going wild. But when you see these things like this, you know, this guy coming out saying, oh, "No way, uh, uh, no, nothing to it." Uh, yeah, and yet, yeah, he's and he's receiving all these big time campaign contributions from the uh, military industrial complex. Isn't that just sweet? Isn't that just sweet? Uh, I guess that's a concern, right, though? I mean, I've brought this up before in previous podcasts. You know, one of the concerns I've always had is that, you know, the <laughs> one of the biggest contributors to political campaigns in this country, in the United States, is from the weapons manufacturers to the, uh, you know, that, that, that's, what are you going to do? I mean, if, so if they really want to put the hammer down on this, you know, they could. I mean, our, our politicians, they're not, we elect them, but we're really given no choice. I mean, we get presented with certain candidates and you either pick A or B, it doesn't really matter in the end, right? Uh, for the most part, when it comes to the, the big money, right? Because they're all receiving big money from somebody, right? Uh, they're really not doing the favor of the uh, of the people for the most part. So you have to be concerned about things like this. And then when you see this guy stepping up and, you know, I think, you know, next time he steps up to the plate, he maybe should uh, get, uh, throw that information out there that he's receiving uh, campaign bucks from uh, uh, Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. You know, that'd be nice to know. That'd be nice for the public to know. Then, we'd be, then everyone could sit back in their seat watching TV and say, oh, okay, now I get it. But they don't want you to get it. They don't want you to get it. But I want you to get it. I want you to get it. I mean, at the same time, to be fair, there are people that seemingly want to uh, get the information out to the public. There are people in Congress who are working to try to get the information to the public to end this whole ridiculous cover-up. People ought to know, right? (laughs) We ought to know. Uh, After all these years, it's time to end this nonsense. Uh, Anyway, we're going to take a quick break because there's there's more to talk about with this. We, We will be right back. Okay, we are back. Uh, now, there's some other aspect to this story that's come out that's uh, somewhat concerning to me, and uh, it should be concerning to everyone else uh, a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit, right? Uh, and here, this was something from uh, the John Greenwald from the Black Vault. He pointed out, as did other people, but I'll read his tweet first. But before I read it, I'll just explain what I'm going to be reading here and what this is all about. Leslie Keene, of course, who co-authored that article that appeared in the debrief the other day with Ralph Blumenthal, made a statement in that same interview that I was referring to earlier uh, about alien bodies, that, that they never went there. They didn't talk. She, her or Blumenthal didn't want to put that in their story for some reason. That, and that doesn't make any sense to me. But in a way, it does make sense, and we'll get into that later on. Uh, anyway, it says here, Greenwald writes, and of course, I, I hate to say, you know, I don't like to agree with Greenwald sometimes, but I have to agree with him here, you, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. It says, in Leslie Keen 
Ralph Blumenthal's interview with the debrief media, Chrissy Newton, which was the interview from that appeared on YouTube yesterday. Of course, I'll leave the link so you can check this whole interview out. It's about 45 minutes long. Keene states that the UFO whistleblower's claim about dead pilots and bodies from the non-human craft was never discussed with her. She doesn't want to talk about it, nor would she have published it. And then Greenwald asks, how could you not have heard about that during the vetting process? And why would you not publish something that could change the human race if you felt the source of your story was credible and his claims were true? Well, I have an answer to that question and I'm gonna, we're going to get into all of that. Yeah, for one thing, uh, Ross Coltart in the interview that uh, Grush had with, with him that appeared on News Nation, right? He talked about bodies, that there are alien bodies that have been recovered in addition to the craft. Now, of course, in that interview, if you read the debrief article from two days ago, there was nothing mentioned about the bodies in there, just the craft. And now you have uh, Leslie Keene saying, well, we weren't going to go there. We weren't going to go there. And to me, this is almost like similar to what you saw back in the 50s and 60s. A lot of serious UFO researchers from back then did not want to talk about alien bodies. They didn't have a problem talking about the UFOs themselves, but they didn't want to go to, oh God, we don't want to talk about uh, alien beings, little green men, things like that. We don't want to go there because that will make us look ridiculous. That will put us out there on the fringe. Of course, over time, that got a little bit better. But I think what's happening here, I think the reason that Leslie Keene and uh, Blumenthal did not want to include this information in their article is because... Uh, they were afraid about it. They're, they're trying to do, I think they were trying to do a balancing act between uh, the, the, because they're afraid about how the mainstream is going to look at this. If they start talking about alien bodies, that might seem a little bit too fringy to the mainstream, even today still, right? Uh, so they're just going to focus on the craft because it will sound more serious then to the, to, to the rest of the world. And so they didn't want to talk about alien bodies. So in their minds, obviously, they think that, uh, the way the world sees the situation. It's okay to talk about UFOs, but when you start talking about those pilots, well, that's a whole nother ball of wax. We don't want to go there. It's un unbelievable, actually, when you think about it, that <laughs> that this is still, this it's stigmatized to that point still. And I think that's what's going on here. I think it's because of the stigmatization, Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, uh, they wanted to try to just, let's just stick with the craft. You know, we don't want to talk about bodies, right? Uh, that That's going to sound crazy to the mainstream, to the big mainstream news outlets out there, like the New York Times and the Washington Post, because obviously they did try to get their stuff published in those places first, right? And they're probably afraid that, oh, maybe the New York, uh, or not the New York Post, the New York Times, the, maybe the New York Times won't publish it. Uh, and actually they didn't, they didn't. They refused to publish that story. The Washington Post, they uh, was considering it apparently, uh, and then they, uh, but Keen and Blumenthal said, "Oh, we can't wait anymore." And then they they gave the story to the debrief. Uh, I guess I, I don't know. They felt like they were on some sort of a timeline. What that timeline is or was or what, I, why why it was necessary? Who knows why they felt it was necessary to bring that story out as uh, as quickly as possible right away uh, this week. Who knows? Maybe it has something to do with uh, next week. You're going to have uh, that uh, National Press Club stuff with uh, Stephen Greer, and maybe they didn't want to be connect, have their story uh, overlapping with that stuff. I don't know. That could be it. Uh, but whatever the case, I still think that uh, that's the reason. I think that they're trying to do a tightrope walk, and they because still they because a lot of people in the mainstream they're a bunch of morons when it comes to this. They're a bunch of dummies, as we all know. I mean, people are still people in the mainstream media are still every time the subject comes up, you see them with the smirks on their face. 
<laughs> extraterrestrials from other worlds. <laughs> right? So, you know, that's, they don't want to be, these two reporters probably didn't want to look uh, ridiculous. But you know what? They should have done it anyway. Right? I am going to criticize them. They should have put the stuff in there anyway. Right? So what? We need to get this over with already. This is what we're talking about. I mean, it's not like, what, are they piloting themselves, these craft? No, there's things in there. There's creatures in there, right? Lou Elizondo actually talked about this. He said there's 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 uh, uh, images out there that were uh, that were captured by government uh, officials, like on in pilots in planes, where they sh you can actually see the uh, gray beings piloting some of these crafts sometimes. So so what? Everyone, that's what we're all thinking, right? Who cares what the mainstream thinks out there these days? I don't. They're a bunch of dummies. Uh, it's, you know, who cares? I don't. So let's just move on with that. I mean, they should have included that information in there. That was a mistake. Uh, so, yeah, I do I do criticize them for that. Other than that, though, they did a great job in getting the article out there and uh, having us all talking about this. It's, it's a great time right now uh, to uh, be someone in the UFO community that's been waiting for the truth to finally drop from, to finally get something from our government. Although the government, as you can plainly see, is still fighting back hard against this. They still don't want it to come out. I mean, they're sending out their, their puppets like, uh, uh, Mike Turner there. To, hey, there's nothing to this. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. That, that's a conspiracy like that. That's crazy. It never happened. Never happened. Right, they're sending out their representatives, you know, to, to, to tell us, oh, don't worry about it, nothing to it. You know, the, the bunkers are spinning on like like tops on their on their heads right now. They don't know what they're coming or going. Uh, so it's been a really great week for uh, disclosure. We're moving. Uh, we move, like I said, it, when I when I was originally talking about this a couple of days ago. It's not, is it full disclosure? Is it disclosure? No, but it's a major step. It's a major step. And the good thing is, is that, is that Grush, he's not the only one. There are other people waiting to be step, to step forward too, that we're going to be hearing from. And uh, one other thing too, is to point out is that these, uh, this, there's going to be a more expanded interview apparently uh, with, between Grush and Ross Coltart that's going to appear on News Nation on Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I am looking forward to that, as I'm sure a lot of you will be watching as just as well as I, just as much as I will be watching and looking forward to it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, until next time.